Sinners, it's Monday, so I'm back in the chair for another episode of the Sin Everyday Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Reed. I'm watching 366 movies this year, and this show is my personal log. Every single week I sit down and talk about all of the movies that I watched this week on my progress towards 366 Uh, With a couple of other added fun segments in there for the people at home. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're joining me for the first time, if you've been along with me on this cinematic quest of 2024, we're just getting started to a certain extent, although we've already made great progress. We're here at the end of the month. It is the 29th of January, and we are currently at 42 movies. I am recording this episode actually on Monday. Usually I record them Sunday night and put them up Monday morning. Now I'm recording it Monday evening because I simply didn't have the time uh, due to my schedule to get to the computer to sit down and record this episode on Sunday. Um, It it may not be clear to you at home. I appreciate uh, everybody who joins in on the podcast who's here with me on the adventure, but it's mostly for me. It's a di- uh, an audio diary more than anything of uh, of this cinematic journey that I'm on. And so, if you uh, listen at home and you get some enjoyment out of it, that's cool. That's great. Um, but I'm not uh, necessarily married to coming out on Monday mornings all of the time. Uh, and uh, I put a lot of um, there's a, there's a lot of effort and time going into this uh, thing that I uh, wanted to set out to do. And I'm having a great time doing it. But, uh, you know, uh, sometimes the podcast is going to be a day late because I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, But we had a great progress last week. So many fun movies to talk about. uh, And I'm so excited to get into them. 12 uh, movies. Uh, uh, There's a lightning pace. I'm really trying to trying to get ahead of the thing uh, kind of early in the year so that uh, as uh, problems come up uh, and I need to take, if, if days off need to be taken, they can be taken. Or, you know, if we, if we, uh, if we get to the end of the year a little early or the end of the, the challenge a little early, that'd be great too, you know? So I'm just trying to, when I have the time, try to watch as many movies as possible. Who knows? Maybe we'll bust right through 366 very easily. I mean, 42, at the end of uh, at the end of January, that's a, a good pace to be on, and uh, every day that I'm able to put multiple in, that's just another day ahead, you know. So uh, I'm feeling really good about things. Uh, gener- I you know I I think at the head of the show every week I'm going to just talk about sort of generally where I am. I you know I've been enjoying a whole lot most about uh, uh, this uh, journey that I'm on just the opportunity to be told sort of isolated stories. You know, and I've probably talked about it on the show or I've certainly talked about it to anybody who's asked me about the journey because I've had friends and uh, family members and um, people like that sort of asking me about uh, this sort of motivations here. I, I'm uh, I watched somebody sent out like a tweet Um that I saw at the end of last year that said, I finally did it. I watched all of YouTube, you know, as a joke. 
And it really, you know, it had me sitting. I'm like, you know, they're right. Like, I, yeah, I'm like anybody or was previously like anybody. I, I could get stuck in a YouTube hole. I, you know, I still do it when I have the time. Um, I'll start watching YouTube videos and, and there's no end to it. There's no end to just listening to strangers who don't know what they're talking about. Talk about shit on the internet, as you know, because you're literally listening to this podcast right now. So <laughs> I, I like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, it's a, it's a never ending abyss to fall into and it never really, I never really get anything out of it. Nothing trackable, you know? And I love Letterboxd. I mean, this show doesn't exist without Letterboxd for sure. Um, which has helped to sort of in- incentivize watching new movies. And I am in love with every night getting to watch a new story, you know, and just a story that's just on its own. Cause I think prestige TV can be the same way too. It's just, you're lost in this endless story that takes forever. And there are some prestige television shows that I really, really love and television shows that I adore, but I just, I, uh, it's a lot of time to ask for. It's a lot nicer to just watch a movie and then you finished it. You did it. You did the thing and now it's done and you can go on and do another one or not, or you can, you know, do anything else. It's great. Only two hours of your time. Hopefully, unless it's, you know, a very pretentious motherfucker who wants three and a half hours to, uh, to tell a story, which is, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of anybody. But generally, uh, I've been having a great time. Now there are, there, (laughs) there have been some rough nights, uh, with some of these movies, some of these movies this week particularly was like, I saw some fucking amazing movies and I saw some. fucking trash movies too that were uh really difficult to get through but hmm. but uh i can't wait to talk about them all i we should probably start talking about them because uh, monday night i watched i hadn't seen it before colin farrell plays the lead in uh in a lobster uh john c Riley plays a, a fairly prominent role as well which we love to see that always uh, the lobster is really this sort of fascinating science fiction metaphorical story. I, I think probably the less you know about it, the better. The general overview is um, we're in a society where pairing up is the most important thing, which isn't really all that different from our society, which is kind of the point. Um, where they send you to this uh, hotel where you have to find a partner to uh, uh, be romantically intertwined with. And if you, if you fail to do so within 30 days, uh, they turn you into an animal of your choice. Um, and this movie was w- wonderful. I, I think the lobster is a five-star film like all day. I think everybody should see this movie. Uh, it had so many wonderfully profound things to say about the nature of relationships, loneliness, um, the way our society treats single people, um, 
the way our society treats couples, uh, this sort of uh, desperate nature of everybody. It's just so much subtext to glean from every moment. That's what's really wonderful about a great movie is it's almost kind of hard to talk about all of the subtext because there's just so much. It's 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 teeming with it. There's just coming out of every pore. There's subtext. Uh, brilliant, smart subtext, cool turns. The movie's fucking funny too. And I, I adored the lobster and it was such a great way to start the week. Um, and I watched it via HBO max, I think is where it is, where you can watch that movie. Um, but I absolutely loved it. 2015. I loved it so much that I went and like bought a disc for it because I have, I didn't have it and I wanted to have it in my collection of discs because, uh, I was like, this movie's brilliant and people need to see it. So good. Such a good movie. Um, in every single way. And it's almost, you know, it's a little episodic to be honest. Um, everything's kind of connected, but there's a, a pretty clear division between the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie. And they're very involved with one another, but it almost kind of feels like two different movies um, of which I would say I probably enjoyed the first half of the movie more than the second half of the movie. But I think that the second half of the movie is a wonderful expansion of the ideas in the first half. Um, and it, they're, they're better for being presented next to one another as stories. Um, so good, brilliant film. I had an absolute, uh, wonderful time with the lobster. Um, and I doubled down on Monday night. (laughs) Um, and I, you know, I was still on max and I saw that max has a, a 4k transfer of the exorcist. The original 1973, The Exorcist. And I'm still trying to uh, to at least get sort of like the classic horror movies down. We did um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre last week. And I wasn't super fond of it. It was super slow. I didn't really feel like I had a lot to say. Um, and The Exorcist has a lot of the same problems. You know, and my I talked to my brother about it. My brother was like, dude, I think you maybe just don't like horror movies. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe. And it wasn't because it was scary. I found The Exorcist particularly, uh, I don't think is very scary at all. Like the parts that aren't outright funny and cheesy are super dramatic in tone. Like I honestly think the thing that saves this movie for me the most is uh, the third act rules finally it the third act is great i think the third act of this movie is an excellent movie i think the first and second act i'll get to in a minute uh but the other thing that's wonderful about this movie is the uh performances i think are generally really pretty good across the board from everybody i think they're great um but i think this movie does not respect your time uh at all like the end uh, there's it starts out with this sequence that actually makes the movie worse there's easily what feels like 15 minutes but it's probably four 
um, of them uh, at some like ancient Egyptian excavation site where somebody accidentally unleashes the evil ghost that later ends up uh, uh, possessing the girl or whatever. I guess they felt as though it needed to be explained where the evil ghost came from, even if it was explained in a dumb way that nobody cares about. And it goes on seemingly forever. And then at the, the, you know, the payoff for this is that later in the movie, they reference it in like one sentence, but you never see this guy again at all for any reason. And the whole thing, it's just like, what the fuck are we doing? And, you know, it's an indication of like where the movie goes after that, too, because after that, you're like on you're going on errands with the mom and shit like that. And like the 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 movie just kind of stares at its dick for like an hour before it gets to the fucking point. It's it feels like it's easily 45 minutes before the girl even gets possessed. And then there's another 30 minutes of her taking the girl to like doctors and stuff. And the movie doesn't really become good until the last half hour. At least I didn't think so. I mean, people can have their own attachment to this movie or whatever. And the impact that it had. And, and again, full stop, the last 20 minutes of the movie, 25 minutes of the movie are great. They're fucking great. It just takes so fucking long to get there. I mean, but I feel, I don't know. I I guess I've always felt that way about Godzilla movies too, where there's like, again, there's 30 minutes of awesome shit surrounded by an hour and a half of boring nothing, you know? Like there really just isn't that much story story to happen in the movie. So, but The Exorcist, again, I was just like, oh man. So kind of like, oh, for two when it comes to horror movies. But, I, you know, I'm making an effort to have at least one horror movie in every every week because it's a huge genre that, you know, people really love. And um, I want to understand it better. It, it's it's one of the few genres, I you know, in if you go to a movie store, they have a horror section, you know, even if it's a place that doesn't really section things off by like comedy, blah, 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 blah. There's a horror section. They don't, put it in the section with the other movies because it's a niche interest, but it's such a giant niche interest um, that, you know, I want to watch more horror movies. So if you have a suggestion for a horror movie, you think that I would like, maybe, you know, hit me up in the the links and, and, uh, and we'll go from there. You know, like I'm, I'm really, I'm making an effort to like them more. I think a lot of them are stupid and boring, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best here. Uh, movie number 33, I watched a Tuesday night, um, called Celeste and Jesse forever. Um, and I watched it because it's, a uh, Rashida Jones and, uh, Andy Samberg in a 2012 romantic comedy. And I was feeling it, man. Um, and so I started watching it. Celeste and Jesse forever was pretty good. You know, three stars, good movie worth watching. Fun little, uh, you know, I, I felt like Rashida Jones and Andy Samberg had good chemistry. The basic synopsis for the movie is that Rashida Jones and Andy Samberg are perfect for one another. Um, they've been in a relationship since they were kids, basically. 
they're married and Rashida Jones's character decides that she wants to divorce Andy Samberg's character because um, he's not like financially mature enough for her and she doesn't she doesn't feel like he's ready or or, or would ever be ready for um you know kids and homeownership and all of this stuff she and sort of without consulting him or or trying to see if he would rise to that occasion she decides she's just going to divorce him instead despite the fact that like all of her friends in the movie are like that's really stupid you two like there is no you two being separate it's you you found the per- like you found the thing that the rest of us are looking for don't you divorcing this person is is nonsense and but she becomes very bullheaded about it and you know has to do it and then um you know i think she does it assuming that like he'll have trouble and she doesn't but Andy Samberg is sort of immediately with somebody new and she really struggles with it and it bothers her even more that he, after getting like sort of pushed away, doesn't just sort of curl up and die. Like she wanted him to sort of struggle with it to a greater extent. And he really obviously clearly very much struggles with it, but then he goes, okay, she wants to break up for like no reason I guess I have to move on with my life. And, and it's there, it was a big mess on the screen, which is, you know, but an intentional mess in like a good way. Like it, it, that's what it was going for is like the, these aren't, there aren't simple answers to any of these things other than, you know, eventually she kind of, she kind of comes clean and is like, you know, I kind of realize I maybe, um, yeah, in my search for, the perfect thing that probably doesn't exist. I maybe destroyed the good thing that does. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it had a lot of kind of cool things to say about that, you know, about like the things that she was upset about are things that like, you can figure that out. That's, you know, but like somebody being good, for you or not good for you. That's not really something that you can figure out. And, uh, how you're treated is, um, maybe sort of the most important thing. I thought I really liked the movie three stars, you know, good. It was great. No, I, I found the ending deeply unsatisfying, <laughs> you know, which will be a theme here with the sort of romantic stuff that we watched this week. But yeah, I found the ending of it deeply unsatisfying that they couldn't find a way you know, they're perfect for each other. They ought to be with each other, but they, they don't end up that way because the movie wants to be like, sometimes it doesn't end up that way. And it's like, yeah, I know, but uh, I'm not watching a movie to be reminded of that. I've lived enough life. You know? <laughs> I really need, yeah. Um, I watched on the, the, uh, that was all I watched that night, Celeste and, and Jesse forever, because again, I was deeply unsatisfied with the ending and, had a lot of other things I was doing that night. So the next day I watched on Wednesday, I watched revenge of uh, the spacemen from 2014. Now I got this on a Blu-ray disc from bull moose uh, music. And um, I got it uh, 
when I was heading home from work on Tuesday because it was a Blu-ray disc for $3. And uh, you don't often come across Blu-ray discs for $3. Now, I knew why it was $3 because there was a big Troma logo on it. And I was like, oh, it's a Troma movie. That's why it's $3. Uh, for those that are unaware of what Troma is, Troma is a independent uh, film distribution company from, I think, California that started, I have to, I believe in the eighties, uh, their sort of most famous film ever is probably toxic Avenger. Their second most famous film ever is probably probably cannibal. The musical I had to, if I had to guess, which is, you know, kind of only bolstered by the fact that, um, the creators, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker went on to do South Park and uh, Team America and um, Book of Mormon and all of that. So, um, <clears throat> Troma is. <laughs> if you've never seen a Troma movie, there's it's really difficult to describe you. You know, like, um, have you ever seen a movie that's like made by a high school kid? That's what Troma sort of like. Uh, traffic's in the, the, they like take movies that were made by people who have no fucking idea what they're doing and they distribute them uh, out to people. Revenge of the Spaceman is one of those. Now, when I picked it up, I saw that it was a trauma. And so I assumed that it was some ridiculous shitty gem from like 1994 or something. But this is a 2014 movie, which makes how fucking garbage it was so difficult to believe. I don't think I, you know, like I've joked on this podcast before about like, oh, I'd say it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but I've seen Jay and Silent Bob reboot. This movie uh, was worse than Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which um, sucks because that's a killer joke and I can't do it anymore. Um uh, yeah, worst movie I've ever seen. And uh, barely a movie. Um, so many fundamental misunderstandings of how a camera even works. Um, the comedy was terrible. The effects were bad, but the effects were bad on purpose, which is fine. It's just, it would have been a lot easier to take the effects being bad on purpose if anything else about the film was good. Uh, but nothing was, and they were trying to do kind of like, a a tribute to sort of like sixties alien sci-fi. Um, but the movie was just so fucking bad in every way. Really, really terrible. Will I probably watch more trauma movies in the future? Yeah, maybe, you know, I'm a, a sucker for a grab bag. You know, I like to be, I like to take a chance on things. There was a movie I almost watched this week. What was it called? Future. Hmm. Future 39, I think it was, which was uh, basically a trauma movie without being a trauma movie and an independent film that was up on um, prime video or something. And I, I got, I got halfway through it and it was so bad that I was like, if I just finish the other half of this movie, I can, I can add it. I can track it. I can add it to the list and we'll be fucking, you know, I'll get the points for it, but I fucking, I couldn't finish it. It was so bad. 
And uh, it's the first time during this challenge where that's happened, where I just haven't finished something. And then I went to the letterbox for it. And there were so many positive reviews that were like, that looked like they were written by chat GPT. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, all right. Okay, sure. Future 39, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyway, Revenge of the Spaceman. The less said about it, the better. Uh, if you happen upon this, I want my $3 back, but I'm not going to get it. I feel like if I took it back to the Bullmoose, they would be like, we will take it off your hands for free. Um, which at this point, you know, whatever. I'll put it in a... Maybe i give it to the library, you know? I went to the library, by the way, my local library. There are a selection of movies... Not great. You know, it made me feel like I, that's not to say I won't go in there and maybe rent some stuff pretty soon just to support my local library, use my local library. But I will say I, uh, it made me want to like give them movies. <laughs> it made me want to go. Cause it, uh, I had a great time this week. I went to bull moose. They were having, you know, and I went, I dug through their sale bins and I got maybe six, seven movies for 30 bucks is great, you know? And so it does, uh, it makes me think that maybe when this challenge is over, I will make it a point to like regularly go to Bull Moose and see what they have. Maybe I, maybe I'll go. I'll open a separate CLZ file and take stock of what the library has. And then I will go every couple of weeks to Bull Moose and buy some DVDs and then just donate them to the library to bolster their movie section. Because I was shocked at how many, how much TV on DVD was present. Lots, quite frankly, a lot. Uh, but the movie section, surprisingly anemic. And so, you know, I'd like, I would feel great pride in having, um, bolstered the amount of films available at the library. That's all I was thinking while I was there is like, man, somebody really ought to put some more movies on these shelves because, uh, this section really ought to be bigger. Uh, keeping with the horror movie theme, uh, and, uh, also because I remember when it had come out, I watched X on, um, on the 24th as well after revenge of the spaceman and boy, oh boy, uh, this one actually worked for me, which is funny because it's so much like, uh, Texas chainsaw massacre. So very clearly influenced by Texas chainsaw massacre. But I was legitimately invested in the characters in this one and invested in the turns and the story and wanted to sort of figure stuff out. And um, yeah, I liked this movie so much more. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like a two or one star for me. This was a four star movie. I think it's great. I really enjoyed X. I'm looking forward to, um, I guess there's a sequel coming out and there's a prequel that's already out that maybe I'll try to watch this week. Um, but I really liked X. So X, the premise is, uh, um, 
this uh, group of uh, traveling uh, filmmakers uh, rent out a, a barn in the south uh, with the intention of on the sly making a, a pornographic movie in 1979. Um, and uh, it ends with a bunch of people getting moited, you know? So I thought it was good. And uh, I really enjoyed the performances. I really enjoyed uh, some of the turns it took and uh, <laughs> and uh, some of the comedy in it as well was pretty good too. I, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the uh, more stuff from the X uh, timeline, the X universe. I don't know. Um, that was on Prime, by the way. I saw. I, I mean, it's a catch that on Prime. Um, where I think you can probably watch the other one too. Um, so yeah, by all means, check that out. Uh, X, I really liked it. Um, but the next day I finally got around, I got, I got back on max because I, I have like a, like a list, a queue or a, a, a my stuff. I don't really know what you would call it. A collection of things on max that I've sort of earmarked to watch because I wanted to watch it and I wanted to watch uh, Diabolique, uh, which I'm probably not pronouncing properly from 1955. Uh, pretty famous uh, criterion collection TCM movie. And uh, I wanted to watch it because the, the premise seems very interesting. It seemed very interesting to me. The premise is a, a um, this man, his wife and his mistress plot to kill him. Um, they become they become friends and they uh, devise a plot to murder him. Uh, the less I tell about you, the better. In fact, I loved so much that this movie from 1955, black and white French film from 1955, had at the end just a big screen that was like, hey, dude, don't fucking spoil this for your friends. Tell them if you liked it, if you liked the movie that you saw, tell them, you know, go and see it, but don't tell them any details about it. And so I'm really going to try to avoid that other than the brief synopsis I just gave you. Um, I will tell you, I absolutely think you should watch this movie if you like movies. Um, fuck, man. I, it has. This movie got me in terms of just like totally I stood up and applauded when this movie was over in my living room by myself uh, because they totally, I got worked. I told they, and the last 10 minutes of this movie are, they're perfect. Uh, and the rest of the movie rules too. Like I, I was so intrigued by the mystery throughout the film and the but the last 10 minutes are just like holy fucking shit so good five stars uh for diabolique absolutely watch it um man i don't know i know there was a remake done at some point like most sort of modern remakes it's <laughs> it's not as good um you know similar to like the 12 angry men remake or whatever where you're like I don't know that this needs to exist, but the original version, the 1955 version 
man, um, I, I was so happy, you know, every now and then during this challenge, I have watched a movie where I have been like, God, thank God I'm doing this challenge because it has forced me to get these things done, uh, to get through these movies that I, you know, and so this is definitely, I have like, I literally have a note on my wall where I'm making a small list of things to buy the next time the criterion half off sale rolls around in June. And this is Diabolique is number one with a bullet baby. This fucking movie rules. And, uh, yeah, five stars. That's on max. Get it on max with all that TCM stuff on max. Although I'm sure if you have criterion channel, it's also on there as well. Um, run, don't walk. That's a fantastic film. Um, Number 37, I watched Time Cop. Time Cop was our Tubi uh, movie of the week. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, Time Cop from 1994. Um, there are a lot of things that Jean-Claude Van Damme cannot do. Uh, one of them is act to save his fucking life. He's bad. He's really bad throughout the whole movie. He can do the splits, though. That's what's important. And he never misses an opportunity to show you. <laughs> he uh, finds every opportunity to do the splits and the man's good at it. All right. Um, good enough that I think this man should have had a, a, a film career of like m- many films of, of quite notability based on the fact that he can do a split. No, probably not. Um, but the eighties were a time, man. They were, uh, the eighties and nineties and were a fucking situation. And this guy somehow managed to have an entire film career based on the fact that he could do a split and, uh, a split he did in times when it made no sense. And, uh, in times when it was not very useful, uh, he was, uh, capable of doing it. Time cop was uh, a big, dumb waste of time. That uh, did absolutely very little for me. Um, I would say two stars. Two stars. Very generous on my part. Uh, this movie was bad. and uh, But uh, we're going to let it go with an okay. If you're, you know, into dumb stuff. Um, this movie is uh, definitely one of those. And you can go check it out on Tubi if you didn't already this week. <laughs> Uh, geez. I mean, I expect I picked Time Cop because I knew it was going to be dumb, and also I was interested in seeing a Jean Claude Van Damme movie because I'd heard about Jean Claude Van Damme. Um, and Time Cop seemed like it was going to be dumb. I thought it would be dumb in a more entertaining way instead of just dumb in a dumb and bad way. But uh, hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I want to talk about movie 38, 2016's La La Land. Now, I I watched uh, La La Land on recommendation. My brother, my older brother had watched La La Land, um, inspired by my uh, quest. My older brother decided that he was going to track his movies this year. He obviously isn't going to try to put up the numbers that I am, but he's going to track some movies. And he sent me a message that said, Hey, we just watched La La Land. I want you to, uh, you should, you know, it's on Netflix. You should try to get in on it. And I said, bud, I don't fucking have Netflix, but I will try and get in on La La Land. So when I got all those movies at Bull Moose, La La Land was one of the ones that I bought on DVD 
and uh, took it home. And I started La La Land at like two in the morning thinking, eh, I'll get 10 minutes in. I'll be like, you know, whatever. We'll put this down for the night. We'll come back to it tomorrow when I have the time. <sighs> 4 a.m. I am up watching this movie. <laughs> but because I couldn't put it down, man. I was enthralled with this thing from the very beginning. Uh, musicals work for me. I like musicals. It's fucking easy to get me to sit through a musical. Um, I love musicals very much. But um, this one in particular, I think, was incredible. I I think it's a five-star film. I think it absolutely deserves uh, a lot of the accolades that it got. I I had heard when this movie had come out, I, I heard a lot of reviews on it. People saying they had an issue with the singing. I guess maybe having an issue with Gosling singing because he's the only one who really has trouble singing in this movie and and even then it's like it's pretty minute you know and it it feels pretty in character um god i there were so many wonderful things that this movie did i you know and it's funny because he wanted me to watch it because he didn't like it very much at all him and his wife didn't like it very much at all the things that it uh, some of the things that it did the deeply unsatisfying ending which it does have a deeply unsatisfying ending very sad um, takes a, takes some turns that, uh, on the surface don't really make sense. Although I found, you know, I'm not going to spoil the film for you. I think you should go and watch it. It's fantastic. Um, I think maybe the biggest dig I could, the two biggest digs I could make, uh, against the movie are, um, first it starts out with a setting song. I hate a setting song so much. Um, especially when the setting is as dumb and banal as Los Angeles, California. Um, a setting song is when a, sh- a show starts out with a song where the only thing that it establishes is the setting in which the place takes place. And it takes three and a half minutes of people just singing about how dope it is to live in LA, which like I fucking heard enough of it from Tupac, you know, um, I don't, I don't need people. I don't need an entire thing, which includes none of the main characters, an entire opening song where people who are not the main characters just sing about living in LA. I don't need that. I don't even want it. Start me out with the two main characters. I I get it. They're in LA. The fucking movie's called La La Land for Christ's sake. And they spend the rest of the movie talking about LA. So the subject matter is maybe another thing that I'm just like, I don't know how many more stories I need to hear about fucking LA. Uh, but I understand they were going for um, throughout the movie, this nostalgic big splashy forties musical feel. Um, I think the thing that sucks maybe the most about this film in hindsight is that it ended up being the artist um, more than just like the start of them doing these again. Um, Instead it was, it was sort of so referential to the forties musicals that it kind of ended up being instead of being the start of a new era of move of musicals written specifically for film. It ended up kind of being again, the artist, you know, uh, uh, the artist was a silent movie that was produced a few years ago and it ended up being a gimmick that it was a silent movie. People didn't start making new 
blockbuster silent movies after that. It's just the artist. It was an anomaly and kind of a novelty thing. And unfortunately, I, it feels like La La Land was also that. Now they, you know, they tried to. Hollywood's relationship with musicals right now is very complicated because of uh, people's weird aversion to them. Um, and there have been some musicals that have come out since then um, off the top of my head. Uh, In the Heights, West Side Story, Mean Girls, The Color Purple. Um, you know, Encanto counts. I get, It's funny that people seem a lot more willing to accept it in animation than in uh in live action i don't really know why that is but um yeah so uh when it pertains to la la land there are twists and turns that are made in the story that on the surface don't really make sense until you dig into a lot of the subtext and the things that have happened um in the film and then they kind of start to make more sense i think it kind of holds up to multiple viewings for that reason where unless you really examine some of the things that have happened in the movie then some of the things that characters do don't really make sense and seem like they're not properly motivated um but upon further reflection of the the actual things that take place in the i'm really trying to talk around spoiling this for you uh upon further reflection of of things that take place during the movie Things that certain characters do that seem somewhat unmotivated uh, on the first watch seemed reasonably clear um, after after really sitting with it and thinking about it. And then on top of that, the music's very good. The dancing is wonderful. The cinematography is great. Um, it's genuinely, if you like musicals at all and you missed this one for whatever reason give it a shot i really really liked this movie five stars i got it again i got it on a dvd from um from bull moose and uh i'm glad to have it in the collection because i think it's really wonderful and uh maybe i should get my mom to watch it maybe i I should hit up mom and be like you should watch this and then see where she falls on it between between me and my older brother. I bet you'll be closer to my end. That's all I'm saying. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> the 39th movie that I watched this year, um, which I watched again on the 27th, although this was later in the day, 2001's Zoolander, um, which I had, of course, seen all the clips from and, and had seen parts of. I just never sat down and watched the movie entirely all the way through. Um, Zoolander stars and is directed by, um, Ben Stiller and, uh, Owen Wilson plays a prominent role, uh, as well of a hand as, I mean, there's so David Bowie's in this movie. There's so many, uh, cameos. It's a legendary comedy film from 2001, uh, about male models, uh, and, uh, government uh, intervention and assassinations and it's an incredibly silly movie um i had a great time with it uh, you know three stars i think it's good um for me it's not my favorite ben stiller movie it's not um though you know there's more to watch because we watched um 
or I watched rather, uh, the cable guy a couple of, uh, weeks ago. And, um, but you know, I have more Ben Stiller movies to, I've seen mystery man. Of course I've seen Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder remains my favorite Ben Stiller movie. Um, but I haven't seen uh, something about Mary should probably be watched at some point during this challenge. Um, Zoolander, uh, but uh, Will Ferrell plays a prominent role in Zoolander as well. Um, Zoolander is its own thing, its own uh, little world. It's it's got its. Um, I think for the right person, the movie is just beyond hilarious. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been uh, a Zoolander Broadway sh- Broadway musical at this point. I mean, maybe there has, but it shocks me that there's a School of Rock Broadway musical. There's not a Zoolander. Uh, Broadway musical because I think it would kill, um, but maybe there is. Let's. I'm. I now I'm intrigued. No, no, never. That's crazy. Someone ought to get on it. <laughs> or has there been? Mm, maybe 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 not inconclusive I don't have an answer if there hasn't been there really ought to be the movie is tailor made for it uh, but yeah Zoolander I had a good time with it it's it, not my favorite comedy ever it didn't shatter the preconceived notions that I had of the film uh, beforehand before going in. Um, but you know, I was just stoked to get through the whole movie and not find it incredibly problematic or whatever from 2001. So, um, whenever that can happen, that's, uh, that's great. Uh, on the 27th, I also managed to break the 40 line, managed to get to number 40, which is, uh, I watched the warriors, 1979. I was able to get the warriors. The warriors just put out this beautiful 4k box from, uh, arrow video that I've been eyeing. I've been like, mm, maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, I did. Bull Moose had a DVD of the warriors for $5. And that 4K box set from Arrow is $45. And I had never seen the Warriors. I wanted to do it for this uh, this challenge. And uh, I figured, you know, I'll get the $5 thing. And then if I want to upgrade to the 4K, I can't. You know, it'll be fine. Um, so the version of the Warriors that I watched was the Ultimate Director's Cut, which is different than the original cut. Supposedly inferior to the original cut. Uh, and I... Loved it. I, mean, I, could, I thought it was so cool. I thought it was a great premise for a movie. I thought it was executed really well. I loved the world of the Warriors. Um, and, uh, on t- you know, on top of all of that, I loved uh, the impact, the clear impact that it had on the John Wick series. You know, I, those, the John, John Wick's like my favorite, um, series of movies ever and uh not i mean specifically john wick four is so the warrior like 
intentional, very clear references to the Warriors. Um, but the whole series is kind of in reference to the Warriors uh, to the point where it's almost kind of like elevate, like if there's an elevator pitch for John Wick, like the Warriors is one of the movies mentioned. And uh, so it was really, really cool for me to watch this movie and see all of the things that are like, Oh, referenced in John Wick, not just the stuff that's like overtly referenced. There's, I mean, huge swaths of John Wick four are like straight lifted from the warriors, but, uh, to see the stuff, you know, the kind of conceptual things that are, that were lifted from it as well was really cool for me. And then on top of that, I think the movie on its own is fucking fantastic. Um, and what's exciting for me is that now when I go to get that 4k at some point, which I will, cause I like the movie so much, um, I can watch the original cut. It'll be like a new experience, uh, for watching the movie, which will be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I watched role play after that role play was on prime video, uh, two stars, uh, for role play. And, uh, I'm really not going to talk much about it. It, the script was so, so lazy with this one in that it's, it's Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Again, if you've ever seen Mr. And Mrs. Smith, it's just that, I mean, except this time only one of them is, uh, a like secret assassin or whatever. The the premise behind the movie is better than the movie ends up being premise behind the movie is that a married couple, (laughs) uh, go to a hotel for their anniversary to, um, do a, a sexual role play where they pretend to be strangers, right? So they go to a hotel and, uh, while they are on this sexual role play or whatever, the wife gets outed as a, uh, a, uh, an assassin, with a bounty on her head or whatever. And so, yeah, kind of a cool setup for a movie. And then kind of everything that happens after that is, uh, you know, so just like banal and lazy. Um, I really had trouble with it and, you know, I thought it was fine, but I thought it was only fine. Uh, like I said, two stars, which is on this show means it was okay. It wasn't terrible. Um, I didn't find it a chore to get through necessarily, but it wasn't good. And I didn't feel like it had anything to say or any reason to exist. Um, other than, you know, it's an MGM movie. It was made directly for prime video. Um, that whole situation sucks. I know the roadhouse guy, again, it's not a movie news channel, but the roadhouse guy, I guess came out. The guy who's remaking Roadhouse. Roadhouse should be on the list. I should watch the original Roadhouse before the new one comes out. But (laughs) the guy who made the Roadhouse remake is apparently very upset. Uh, He made a movie for MGM. And then MGM, as people know, was bought by Amazon um, a couple of... uh, a couple of months... A couple of... Yeah, months ago. Maybe a year ago now. And so as a result, all these movies that, you know they're supposed to come out in theaters are now just going straight to prime video. And I think that sort of stuff sucks and is awful, especially now when 
you know, a year and a half ago when there was still, you know, a reasonable amount of deniability when it came to whether or not there was, you know, who was going to win the streaming wars, quote unquote, um, then, you know, it, it, it was fine, you know, to a certain extent, I think. But now that it's becoming incredibly clear, especially with the Monday Night Raw thing and everything like that, that Netflix is going to, if there's going to be a winner of the Monday Night Wars, it's Netflix. They're going to be, and then there's going to be one or two others, and the rest of these are going to end up packing up shop uh, because they're just not going to be able to get the money that they would otherwise get just selling their content to these different services. I mean, you've already seen it where there's just so many, there's so, there's a ton of stuff on Amazon that you're like, this is Warner property. Why is this Warner property on Amazon? And the answer is because Amazon paid Warner for it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, there's so much cross pollination already because people are just able to pick that stuff up. So it's like, wow. Um, and it sucks for movies uh, like this. Now, do I think this movie should have ended up in theaters? No, this movie role play was absolute um, streaming service trash. Uh, and uh, but you know, again, it was okay. It was okay. I don't want to make it sound like it was a terrible movie. It was fine. But um, number forty-two, my last movie for the week was 1992's My Cousin Vinny. It blows my fucking mind by the way, uh, Marissa Tomei, who was in her prime during this movie. She's amazing. She looks gorgeous and she does a great job with this character. She won an Academy award for this movie. It doesn't blow my mind because I don't think she deserves it. Uh, which is what a lot of people have said about this performance. Oh, it's not a, a, I don't know what else was out in 1992 that would have, uh, uh, been competition for the best supporting actress, uh, (laughs) Oscar that she won. For My Cousin Vinny. What blows my mind is that My Cousin Vinny is a comedy. It's a fucking comedy. And so it's crazy that uh, she managed to win an Academy Award on a comedic role. That's very... People don't do that. That doesn't happen, you know, much at all. So that's crazy to me. Um, And uh, But she managed to do it with My Cousin Vinny. Uh, The setup for My Cousin Vinny is that a uh, Joe Pesci plays... uh, a lawyer who doesn't really know what he's doing and he's called in to help his, uh, uh, nephew, I think, uh, or cousin, right? I mean, cousin, that makes sense. Uh, to help his cousin get off of a a murder charge in in the South. And so it's this, uh, moron from Brooklyn coming down to win a murder case, uh, in the, the heart of the South Alabama or whatever it is. Um, pretty funny for a comedy movie from 1992. If you like, you know, if you enjoy watching Joe Pesci do what Joe Pesci does, then that's what this movie is. Um, (laughs) just a, a complete, uh, crash bang, uh, comedy of errors, uh, with, uh, Joe Pesci, uh, trying to work his way through a court case. Very funny, uh, movie. I had, I thought it was fun. Um, three stars, you know, good. Watch it. It's my cousin Vinny. I, that I picked it up on DVD from the bull moose in the lot of stuff that I got from the bull moose because it had been recommended to me by an old coworker. You'd be like, Oh, my cousin Vinny is fucking hilarious. And, uh, I watched it. It was pretty good. 
I really thought it was really pretty good. Um, but that's it for the, for the movies this week. I had such a great time um, watching through them. Uh, we're up to 42 movies as of the 28th of uh, January, which I couldn't be more happy about uh, the numbers put up here in the first month. Feeling really pretty pretty good about that. I'm um, hoping to keep this pace rolling through this through February at least, and uh, and really be left with some um, um, some room to breathe if uh, if breathing is needed. But as you know, this is the part in the show where I think back um, to last week to uh, to what we've been watching, I, and and I. I hand out the title for uh, the best movie that I've watched this year so far. And uh, it's called our 366 title. And I'm trying to get open. As of last week, our 366 title winner and champion was still the beekeeper. Um, but you know what? I think the the beekeeper's time has come for us to to crown a new champion. And the new champion is Diabolique. Diabolique is the best movie I've watched this year. I had such a wonderful time with Diabolique, and it's absolutely the thing that you need to go and watch if you have the time. Uh, but there were several contenders this week. To, this week was lousy with five star films, which is great. Uh, because God, the lobster was so fucking good too. But, uh, but Diabolique, man, uh, has haunted me, has haunted me these past few, uh, few days of just like, wow, what a good fucking movie, man. And so, yeah, that's gotta be the one for me this time around our new 366 champion Diabolique, uh, man, so fucking good. Uh, absolutely wonderful. We're going to spin the wheel here. Our wheel of names, uh, for movies to watch from Tubi this week so that all of us can watch a movie together. If you've never been on the show before, we're going to spin this wheel live right here on the show. And, uh, when we do, we're going to know what we're watching on Tubi this week. The movies now are Santa Sangre, Forbidden Planet, Runaway Train, Goon, We Are the Flesh. How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town, The Sisters Brothers, Death Sport, Queen and Slim, and our new person, our, our new movie on the list this week, Bitch Slap. Uh, and uh, we're going to spin the wheel and see what we're watching this week. Wow, it was almost Bitch Slap. For sure. But it looks like we're going to have Santa Sangre as our movie this week on Tubi. So go to Tubi, watch it with me, come back. We'll talk about it next week on the show, along with all the other movies. Um, Man, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. (sighs) What else to say? We're coming up here. We're coming up on the end of the show here. There isn't much more to say other than I'm excited to see where we can get in this next week ahead of us. So many fun and interesting movies 
to dive into. I'm going to be here every single week, just you, me, and the movies as we uh, head towards 366. We're making great progress. We're making great headway. I'm excited to get there. The links to everything pertaining to this show, Letterboxd, Instagram, email, all that stuff, it's in the description of the episode. Check it out. Outside of that, I'll see you next week, man. I, I, I really can't wait. I love doing the show every week, and, uh, and we're having such a good time here. So thank you for joining me. We'll be back next week. Until then, sin every day.